Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And uh, this is episode 117. It is. And we are going to talk about how best you can use your time, time management. Uh, first, we're going to sort of catch up on the latest news, or more really about um, kind of what's what's happening on TV at the moment. Have you yeah. been uh, watching much, James? So the, the thing that I, I have, I'm usually pretty slow to watch most things. I have actually watched Good Omens. All yeah, right. Um, yet wife. another show with good in the title, along yeah. with The Good Wife, <laughs> The Good Fight. The Good Place. The Good Place. Yeah. And The Good Life. The Good Life, yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, well, that, that has started it all off, really, yes, didn't right. it? And well, all there's also a movie called Good, uh, which is about uh, what's it? Jason Isaacs and somebody else who are basically a Nazi and a Jew. Starts like a terrible beginning for a joke. <laughs> who were friends just before the war and sort of converge. And anyway, um, so uh, yes, I watched Good Omens, and it's it was an interesting watch because I know you have not seen it yet, Dave, and there are no. I don't want to give any spoilers, although the book is quite old. And the movie, and this is basically a parody of The Omen, isn't it? Uh, okay. You know what okay. I mean? That, yeah. That's what Good Omens is. It's about The Omen because it, it okay. came out not that long after uh, The Omen movie came really? out. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. I think so because oh. it's, got, it's got an Antichrist in it who is a child. Right. Um, uh, except it's a bit of a, it's, it's like the life of Brian is, imagine being mistaken for the Messiah. Oh, okay. This is like, well, imagine if, <laughs> if the wrong baby is delivered and the wrong person is the Antichrist okay. sort of thing. Um, but obviously the casting in it is amazing because you've, uh, you've got David Tennant, not Neil Tennant, mm-hmm. and you've got um, Michael Sheen, right. not Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a very different show with Martin Sheen and Neil, <laughs> Neil Tennant, Tennant, although yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, that would be fine. I'm not sure what Neil Tennant's acting would be like, as long as he gets to do the songs, so I'd be very happy yes. to watch that. I'd imagine his acting would be rather effortlessly wonderful, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, it was a frustrating watch overall. The first episode, terrific, but I, I just found in the middle episodes not enough was happening it felt like you had enough action for three episodes and yet it just kept on it was six hours worth of telly and I spent an awful lot of time in the middle just thinking I don't know what these characters are trying to achieve and I don't think and I'm not convinced that I'm meant to know what they're meant to achieve given what they are achieving or it just felt an awful lot of and the rules weren't terribly clear in terms of if you're an angel and you can sort of do miracles, why are you worried about this or that? Or why are you phoning someone to help them to help them do this when you could just go there and do it, couldn't you? It just yeah. Do do you think this is just just off mm. the top of my head in this shiny new uh world of Netflix where yeah. we watch uh, we can watch 150 episodes in one go mm. or a new series comes up and it's big and shiny and got yeah. lots of stars and it costs lots of money to make um and meanwhile on the internet you can watch two minute sketches or 10 minute yeah. sitcoms do you think there's a some sort of amazing sort of regrouping going on that people are kind of trying to find completely new and different ways to do basically tell the tell stories and yeah. do you think that do they think there's it's that the, the form is taking over from the the content maybe yeah, I oh that's a really good question. In a way, what was what was interesting about it for me was the fact that as a general rule of thumb, the more expensive something is, the less funny it is. Yeah. But having said that, Good Omens was actually quite funny. It, it seems like it was as funny as it intended to be. Right. And it it didn't half look expensive. Mm. Um 
And what the knock-on effect of that, though, is that I did watch a BBC drama. I watched the new Stephen Polyakov drama. Uh, you watched it so that I don't have yes, to. Yes, which Thanks, is called, called something like Summer of Thunder or something. And it had Toby mm. Stevens and Keely Hawes in it. Right. Um, and I didn't really go a bundle on it in, in the end. But my overwhelming thing watching it was just thinking, this looks quite cheap. <laughs> there just aren't enough extras. Mm. It feels like the ca- if the camera pans left or right by a couple of feet, we're not going to mm. see anything. It felt very... So everything you saw felt completely of the, of the I think it said 1957 or something like that. It all felt very, very of its time. Mm. But it just felt like they hadn't really created a world. But you now watch Good Omens. You watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm. You watch The Crown. And you just think you have created a world. I bet you these new um, His Dark Materials sh- um, uh, shows. Uh, I, I'm not, you know, I, I enjoy quite... Is that the- Netflix? Um, I don't know. It might even be BBC, mm-hmm. but it's probably got some other money somewhere. I bet you they're going to look amazing if they are yeah. mm-hmm. and will create a world. But it just mm-hmm. feels like if you build a world now with Game of Thrones as well, mm-hmm. that that TV is getting worryingly expensive. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that presents, therefore, an opportunity for the contrivance of the audience sitcom, mm-hmm. which is which is as far away from the game from Game of Thrones and Good Omens um uh, that you can get i mean even the other good show the good place mm. uh, which you liked uh, and i i've watched the second episode since watching the first i enjoyed it i wouldn't it's not in my uh, yeah. it's not a show that i say to people you must watch the good yeah. place yeah I, I, brooklyn I, 99 from the same yeah. people i say you must watch brooklyn yeah, 99 yeah it's just it's just proper funny all the way through yeah the good place i didn't i didn't quite go for that either but but it it just felt it also very expensive. Mm. It's and also niche. If uh, if you if you like jokes about philosophy, and I realise that is a very niche uh, mm. area, then uh, yes, good places for you. Yeah, I I I do like jokes about philosophy, and I didn't go a bundle on it. Oh, I okay. didn't. I didn't. For some reason, I didn't really warm to any of the characters <laughs> except for Ted Danson. Ted Danson, who was amazing, mm. but that wasn't enough to make me want to watch episode three. But Lots of people like it, and they are not wrong to like it, and it's mm. fine. Yeah. Um, it is all a matter of opinion, um, pretty much. So anyway, that's um, that's the latest dispatches uh, from from my end. Dave uh, has basically been working mm. too hard to watch any TV, and there's a cricket World Cup going on, and a football World Cup as well. Yes, and uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's that question just sort of came to me in the moment, but I think there's a, probably a whole episode in that about you know the, the the formats and and you know what do you what do you write now? Do you know do you do you write a half hour? Do you write a three minutes? Do you write you know do you write a, something that could run for 85 episodes you know it's yeah. just that it, it, it's all kind of it's a, it, it, the, the the system the model is broken i think yeah. and uh well, uh, ben, something here's, new will take its place and here's the frustrating thing because i suspect if we talked to a tv commissioner controller for a channel like when we said what is a comedy drama um at the bbc writers sort of festival and they said it is whatever you want whatever it to be want. and yeah. yet we we all know we all know that if you take an idea to a producer and then even they then take that producer to a controller, they will say, where do you see this fitting yeah. into our current <laughs> schedule? Yeah. Given that it's, it has to be 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. We don't have any 17 minute slots. 
And you might then go, you told me to write whatever I wanted and to just write it and leave the rest to you. And you're now going to turn it down because it's 17 minutes <laughs> and it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it feels like there's a little bit of a um, cloud cuckoo land thing going on here. Mm. But as far as Prime and Netflix are concerned, presumably they have no, they don't care whether it's 17 no, minutes or yeah. 22 or 109. Mm. Um, so, but well, then again, how how do you get a meeting with Amazon or, or Netflix? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's very it's not easy. They are setting up in Britain. They are having meetings with drama writers apparently, mm. and uh, but they also they have uh, they they have this negotiation system whereby they tell you how much you will get paid, mm. and that's that's it. They don't believe in negotiating. Yes, they have a very or, Disney esque approach. Mm, I'm not sure they also believe in residuals and royalties. Right. And, exactly. Exactly. Um, right. So yeah. Uh, I, I was reading a thing about how, you know, oh, you know, we get enough money to make the show, but that's sort of it, mm. uh, which is fine if we're trying to get started. But once you're actually trying to, mm. you know, build something and also fund a development department, well, you, you need you need money from this show to pay for the R&D for the next show. Mm. So I'm, I'm um, pretty sure a point will come as it has come with sky where sky when they first started doing comedy they uh, everybody was so excited at the enormous amounts of money they had to make it um and surprisingly because uh, nothing actually ever kind of uh was a hit mm. as far as i can tell and then you know gradually the, the figures have gone down and mm. down and they make less and less comedy yeah and, I guess and the stuff they do Netflix. make tends to be more comedy drama or like very um, more soap-like or like, you know, the the, the show with Ruth. Trollied. Yeah, yeah Trollied yeah. and also... Yeah, yeah. Um, Stella. Stella, for example, which is like mm. almost more like mm. comedy drama soap kind of thing, which yeah. is which is exactly what mm. audiences like and that's all fine, but it's not quite mm. the cutting-edge comedy that mm. that we might have. Although they they will say, Sky Atlantic is doing this and that, and you, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I don't think Sky are listening to this podcast uh, <laughs> particularly. Maybe they are and that's the end of my Who career. Yeah. Yet another end of my career. <laughs> Oh, we've had a few of those. You'll never uh, work again. What, yeah. again? <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, Welcome to my world. Yes. Anyway, speaking of um, the end of my career, let's talk about the beginning of my yeah. career or your career. Beginning of your career. Yes. So we, um, we've we had a few questions, actually, from Patreon, uh, people asking we, about we, things. By the way, you can, you can ask us questions via email, mm -hmm. sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. Or via Facebook, we have a general Facebook mm. page, and we also have a Twitter uh, handle at Sitcom Geeks. Mm. So you feel free to ask us any questions through any of those things. But obviously, we we are regularly contacting mm. Patreon subscribers via a secret Facebook page, um, we have a Facebook group. Mm. Um, so we're obviously more mindful of their questions. So I'm just yeah. leaping on you, Dave, there because you've That's said okay. yeah. you've mentioned a Patreon subscriber. Yeah. Um, the, the, the point about these specific questions is that um, rather than being necessarily about comedy and the machinery of writing comedy, they're, they're about more kind of to do with the lifestyle um, of comedy mm. and they're about things. That's why uh, we decided we thought we could do a whole episode about time management. Uh, and in fact, we've got various other areas um, that, that, that people have asked about that mm. we, we, we can talk about. Like tax. Tax and money. <laughs> yes, uh, right. Lifestyle. Got 
aim one, make enough money to pay tax. Yeah. That, you know, that's, you know, it's yeah. not a problem for quite a lot of people, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. And, and we're going to do, mostly we're going to do these for um, the, the, just as Patreon only, but this specific one we're doing as a uh, general thing, because it, it apl- applies really, I think, whatever, mm. whatever you're doing, wherever people are wanting to become writers or wanting to do something creative. Yeah. But how do you, how do you make the leap mm. how do you manage to get from being a person in a job that they would rather not be doing to a person we have been lucky for most mm. of our lives yeah. most of our working lives to be doing full time uh, and this was uh, a great question was from Joao uh, Antonio Nancita he said he, he asked what's the importance of uh, setting goals when starting a writing career so that you're always on track and never sidetracked mm. something I know a little about he says and um, that's so the setting goals bit that that is the the the, the starting point i mean uh what would you say do, do you set goals or did you have goals before you knew what you were doing um yes i think i'm naturally so i tend to come up with lots and lots of ideas for shows a lot rather than having a few and think about them a lot um and that's just kind of the way i kind of operate but it's hard to know. So I didn't really have goals at the start because I didn't know what I was doing. And also I didn't have anything else going on. So I was just trying to do everything. So my the advantage I have, as it were, is I went to university and got quite good at living on no money. And therefore, I the, the only smart bit, the only really smart decision I made, which feels like it was, wow, me, did I make that decision? That was a really good decision, which was move to London and live on no money and try to become a comedy writer because the moment you get a job, becoming a comedy writer will become an awful lot harder because you will have to, um, you will have to basically work right in the evenings and at weekends when you're tired and you don't want to, or you will have to quit that job paying you a regular salary. Um, and that might be too hard. So, um, so in those early days, I was doing temp work. I, I was having, so I, d- I did temp work, which I found boring. And that was intentional uh, because I didn't want to get a career that wasn't writing. And so I made it very hard for myself to get one that wasn't writing. Um, so that, you know, that's not a terribly helpful comment to people who are now holding down jobs and that kind of thing. But if you are listening and you are very young, Make the most of having incredibly low standards uh, domestically, having a very cheap lifestyle um, and make the sacrifices now, because if you end up married with children, you won't want to make sacrifices then uh, because, you know, the kids, the kids need food and they need shoes um, and it suddenly becomes very difficult. I, I did have a job. Uh, I worked. I was a journalist because, I, and I I thought I had no idea that anyone that you could make a living writing comedy. But I thought, well, if I start, if I write for a living, um, which is a diff, different attitude to different approach to you. I thought, if I write for a living, then I might become a better writer. Um, as it happened, I did exactly what you did in a similar sort of way. Although I was earning money, I was young and foolish and not uh, and driven enough to want to get away from this job so that I actually um, would come home from writing for eight hours a day and sit down and write comedy and I wrote 
a whole series of a radio show, which, of course, as we know, is the the, the, the thing that everybody says, don't write more than one episode. episode. Yeah. So I wrote six episodes of one show, uh, which I then sent to the producer, uh, which he, he lost back in the days when you didn't have... Uh, I had a carbon copy, and I sent that to him, and he lost that as well. Oh, um, my goodness. Which was, uh, which was a very... I'm very glad that happened, really, oh, good, because okay. it was terrible. Right. Um, but, you know, it was, it was obviously something that I needed to do to teach me, uh, well, this is how you write... This, this is what half an hour radio mm. show must look like. Um, so that, that was... Uh, the, the, the thing that I had, I suppose, was that the whole alternative comedy thing was starting at that time. And so there were people that I knew and things happening in London while I was out in South Wales being a journalist. And it was just, it was possible for me to quit that job and move move to London as you had done mm. and know that there were places that I could work as a freelance journalist, which I did do to begin with. But in fact, very quickly, I got very lucky um, and I was doing stand-up. Uh, I had no intention of doing stand-up. I never thought I'd do stand-up. So um, if I had a goal set, I think the goal that I set was I thought I would like to write sitcom when I'm 35 years old. This was when I was in my 20s. Mm. And I thought, you can't write sitcom until you're 35. I don't know why I thought that. Well, there's something in that. Steptoe and Son was my favourite sitcom and they were kind of in their 20s when they met and they were writing Hancock in their 20s i think but mm. I just ha- yeah it was just some sort of sense that i need to have lived a bit um but i went to london and was suddenly earning money as a stand-up comedian and i did that for 10 years and that was basically a distraction <laughs> from what i wanted to do which was to, was to write mm. um so the setting goals at that stage was uh kind of irrelevant really Hmm. i think but i think in one level you can then set yourself some short-term goals so i moved to london i was aware of the the bbc equivalent of newsjack back then was uh weekending and so i i did i did that and my aim was to get a credit Hmm. on weekending i mean the the money would be nice the money wasn't very much and it took me i think five weeks to get one thing on uh, and I'd had a lot of practice writing sketches at university, at the University of Durham, where I was having obviously failed to get into Cambridge twice. Um, but I'd got, you know, I, I knew how to write a sketch roughly. And I, I learned quite fast how to write a topical sketch. And then, you know, it was just a question of just trying to get some credits. There's like, you know, get a credit, get an agent, you know, do get a... Do, and I was doing a bit of live stuff as well because I had, you know, had some mates and we were doing comedy at uni. And so we did a we did an Edinburgh show in 1999. So I think, I mean, I think in one in one level, it depends on what you're trying to do. But setting yourself a goal to do a thing by then, I think, is is a very basic thing, really, isn't it? I remember that I did have two goals from when I was about 15 or 16. I thought I always wanted to write for Weekending. And I always wanted to write for the NME, New Musical Express. And within about two weeks of moving to London at the end of 1983, I got sketches on weekending and uh, articles in the NME. And it was just, oh, right. Those were the things that, that was all... That was all I ever wanted to do, yeah. And I'm doing them, and but I only moved here about six weeks ago. What am I? What, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And I didn't really. I mean, I, I I didn't have a great sense of what I wanted to do, but I, I mean, I, I at this point I met Pete 
Sinclair and we ended up writing stuff together as well. So that 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 kind of decided it for me, I suppose, yeah. to some extent. But I, I, I think the difference now, I would say, though, uh, if uh, is that there are more there are more things in place now. I mean, it used to be it was weekending that was on for forty weeks a year, and if you wanted to be a comedy writer, yeah. you would try and write for that show. And the headlines, the news headlines yeah. on Radio Two, which was usually running about the same time. That was about twenty weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and that was more. Um, you, you, that was in front of an audience, so you kind of had to be funnier. Uh, yes, you could be making very good, interesting points for weekending. You didn't mm. have to be gag, gag, gag. But news headlines. A lot of the news headlines writers became the people who who became the the, the very successful writers because they knew they learned how to write for an audience mm. a lot quicker. Um, so that's. In, in terms of the goals that you're setting, it's worth kind of looking at the calendar for the year of, mm-hmm. of comedy writing. And, and, v- and very roughly what we would say is that uh, in sort of around about January and February um, and also in sort of September, October, uh, there are six episodes of News Jack on mm-hmm. BBC Radio 4 Extra, which is the equivalent of weekending. So for six weeks a year, you can send sketches or one-liners to these shows. Mm-hmm. The Scottish show, Breaking the News, um, which has been a successful radio show for a few years on Radio 4 Scotland, uh, and that's now on TV as well. And that seems to be on an awful lot. I think it was on in 10 weeks uh, over the uh, autumn, or it might have been earlier this year, uh, on TV. And it's also on, it seems to be on mm. kind of two or three times a year, six weeks. So, so there's a, a, they only take one-line jokes. But that's that's another show that is really worth you know trying trying to get your gags onto those shows, mm. and then of course in April we have the BBC Writers Room uh, yeah. script, and and that's also that seems to coincide with the Rowcliffe uh, Award, which is a similar sort of time, beginning of April I think. So already you kind of think, okay, well if I want to get a script in for April. Um, I want to get my best half-hour comedy script in for mm. April. Then you you kind of want to be thinking about that sort sort of in the late summer. Probably you want mm. to be you want you want to be getting to the point where like like we're doing with Soup to Nuts on the the Patreon site. We're we're coming up with an idea, and we we know that probably six months down the line we'll have something that's like a script, or maybe a bit less than that. But you need to be thinking about you need that the idea needs to be sort of mm. gestating. I think. So that's the the these are um, things that are fixed in the timetable. So whether you've got an hour a week or two days a week or you know just ten minutes here or ten minutes there, you want to be depending on what the time of year is. You if it's writing a script for a competition or something, you want to be using the time a few months ahead of that. Yeah. 10 minutes here, okay, I'm just going to write down three plot ideas or something, or I'm going to write down a character, mm. come up with two or three characters. And it's just stuff that you need to accumulate. So even if you've only got like an hour a week, you know, at the end of three weeks, you've got three hours of stuff that you might, something might come out of that. Yeah, I think that's all, yeah, I think just making the most of those time When you do get uh, time, it's sort of to, you know, know thyself and know when you can write and when you can't write. And if you say, oh, I've only got an hour now. And, I, and you know, my, my days are often broken down into hours or chunks or bits or here or there. And I just think, well, I could sort out a C plot in an hour 
um, and I can give that some brain space and I'm not going to worry about the whole thing. I'm just going to... So I think having a big task, like I want a script into the BBC Writers' Room by April and therefore you want to work back from there. I want it to be ready two weeks before the deadline. Uh, I want to be polishing it then. I want to be having a... That that needs to be my fourth draft. I need to work back, walk back, work back, work back. Therefore, I need to be coming up with ideas in uh, September, October, plotting, planning, October, November, outlining scene by scenes, writing January, February, rewriting February, March, you know, or whatever it is, you know, and, and know, because if, again, if, if you've got a regular job or a commitment or you're caring for someone or whatever it is, um, you, you have to just basically, you know, break it down into smaller chunks. And that's, you know, that, that there's no, that's how things are written by professional writers. It's just those chunks happen closer together. And sometimes you might do something in the morning and sometimes something, something in the afternoon. And, um, but, uh, but, but not always, um, either. So I think just, yeah, breaking it down into little chunks, not being overwhelmed by it and just thinking, I'm just going to push it, push it on a little bit more, push it on a little bit more. Uh, you know, you're not going to write a script in a day or two days, but you know, you can, you can write a scene in that time and just say, right, okay, after work today, I'm going to write one scene. And and then tomorrow night, I won't feel like writing a scene, but I'll rewrite the scene that I've just written. Yeah. And so one of the things I do, for example, for me is I know when I'm... So for me, because I write, you know, all day, as it were, well, that would be nice, but um, I tend to try to write original stuff in the mornings and I tend to, and also I'm quite good after 5 p.m. I don't know why, between 5 and 7, although sometimes, you know, I'm cooking or having dinner with my kids or whatever. Um, I like I like cooking. But um, it's to know when you're good and therefore you say, right, I'm going to um, write a, a scene from scratch or from the outline then and then I'll spend the afternoon rewriting that or going back over yesterday or whatever and just making your life as easy as possible rather than just intentionally attacking the hardest task you can think of in some kind of vain attempt uh, to sort of declare yourself a writer. Just, you know, cheat by by making your life easier Mm. and know when you're good, know when you're not so good and to sort of divide your tasks accordingly. I think um, if we could actually then move to specifically to uh, news, Jack. Now, there is um, th- 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 there are some things that you have to know if you are thinking, I would like to write for news, Jack. Mm. And then the most important one is that the most time that you spend writing for news, Jack, uh, is the weekend. Um, and there's, there's no way around that. The show is recorded on Wednesday night. It goes out on Thursday night. And so there's no point in looking at newspapers for the following week until Friday morning. So you've got Friday, Friday morning is when you have to look at uh, start looking at stuff. And the deadline for scripts is Monday at noon. And the deadline for one-line jokes is Tuesday at noon. So you basically have from Friday to Monday to write your sketches. And you you will probably spend most of the time on Friday coming up with ideas reading all the papers and seeing what you can i mean hope maybe you might come up with things i think you're only allowed to send two sketches maximum yeah so but you want to be writing three or yeah. four and sending your best two yeah and you want to be you you want a list of 10 
on yeah. Friday and maybe get another five on Saturday. So you want to be, so you kind of probably are not really going to get down to the, the meat of writing the sketches unless you've got some great idea that sort of writes itself, which does happen occasionally. Mm. But generally it's hard work. It's got to be hard work and rewriting and mm. rewriting. So you kind of need to know actually I'm not going to be, you know, whatever your life yeah style is if you can't give lots of time on the saturday and sunday it's sort of maybe maybe think about well maybe i should just cut my losses and think yeah. i'm not going to write for that and maybe i can use that time better mm. coming up with other things slightly easier for breaking the news because it's just one-liners mm. or you, well you may just decide well i'm just going to try and write one-liners for newsjack in which case you've got from friday to tuesday to just come up with one-liners mm. yeah I think, I mean, those are all, you know, really good bits of advice. And it feels like you just think, well, why can't I just sit down on Saturday and just write a sketch from scratch? And you go, well, because you can't. Uh, and professional writers generally can't do that either. And so I think it's just also making sure that, I mean, as with all of these things within being a, becoming a writer or being a writer, is is trying to have a writing mindset. And the writing mindset is... It is a process that I have to follow to some extent. And sometimes inspiration strikes you and you get it right first time and that's fine. Don't, but you can't plan, you can't allow for that or assume that or plan for that. You have to plan with spending some time coming up with ideas, spending some time coming up with some more ideas, picking the ideas that seem most fruitful and writing them. Some of them will work, some of them won't. Then choosing those and rewriting the best ones and then writing them again and then coming back to them a few hours later having one more polish and then pick the rest two and send them off and that sounds like a lot of work mm. yeah writing's a lot of work and have a lot of them as well yeah. Pete Sinclair I mentioned earlier he his advice and he's written lots and lots of sketches mm. lots of shows he says if you're stuck on a sketch from a topical show and you've spent 20 minutes or half an hour and you just cannot find a way to make it work and just quit and go on to something else. Just just leave it. And that's that's why you need to have 10 or 15 ideas yeah. before you even sit down to write mm. your one sketch. Yeah. So I think it's, you do, and, and there's a lovely episode of uh, Freakonomics podcast where there's one about how everything takes longer than you think it's going to. And that's just like a scientific fact that we tend to underestimate how long things take. But the thing that a professional knows and you want to be having a professional writer's mindset is how long things take. And therefore, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't try and rewire a house in an afternoon. You know that in order to do this, you have to switch that off, take that out, change that, do that, go down to the uh, DIY store and get this thing, that thing and that thing. Take it back, put it in, test it change that take it off turn the electrics back on does that work you know what i mean there's there is a process that electricians follow um that's not immediately obvious and the idea that oh why can't i just sort of rewire it in an afternoon so well because you can't so i think the time management thing does come down to having realistic expectations about how long things write because the problem is it looking at a sketch that's two pages long you think well i could have typed that in 12 minutes mm. well yeah, but it didn't take you twelve minutes. Why? Why do you keep thinking it's only? It should only take twelve minutes. There, also, there is something. Uh, this is my experience, and I know from other writers that they have similar experiences. And it's and it goes back all the way back to when I was a journalist, and it has always carried on. 
which is uh, the deadline concept. And the fact is that if you know that your deadline is 12 o'clock on Monday, um, I guarantee that you'll spend lots and lots of time on Saturday and Sunday staring into space thinking, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Uh, and, oh, God, maybe that'll work. And finally with about an hour to go on 11 o'clock on Monday ah right you write it and you know it comes out finally so there are that there, there is that aspect of uh the procrastination mm. and, and you know the, the kind of the, the fear of the deadline that, that sort of seizes mm. hold of you and stops you writing and I, I know so many writers who think oh that's I've got three weeks I've got a three weeks deadline to get that done that's no problem at all and they will spend the first week and a half just thinking well oh you know they are actually subconsciously thinking about it but yeah. they're sort of thinking well I'll come to that and then you know suddenly there's not enough time but and I, th I think that is partly human nature and you have to kind of accept that that happens as well yeah no and and yeah so the deadlines yeah. do focus the and mind there's, there's and nothing sorry to yeah. interrupt there's no, nothing more frustrating than anything oh right i've got an hour now that to rewrite that scene yeah i'm going to spend an hour rewriting that scene i'll just check facebook yeah hour later oh, oh i've been on facebook that entire hour now i've got to go and look after the kids and you know you sort of beat yourself up about it and yeah. that, that that happens a lot as well yeah and you and you do and so um the other thing that we do here is whenever we kind of have emails from people or people send us scripts or, you know, or, I mean, don't send us scripts, but if you join us on Patreon, we'll read the first 10 pages. If you join at a certain level and, you know, do a, do a little podcast about it, but as a rule, don't send us a script because uh, we're not going to read it. Um, so um, not as a podcast anyway, you know, we, there are script reading services available and all that kind of business. And you can look up online for, for all that. But in general, when we have interactions with people, they say, oh, well, I entered the writer's room competition with this script, but it wasn't very good and I didn't really have time to finish it. And so uh, my, uh, if, I, if I may be honest with you, listener, uh, or if I may be honest with the correspondent in that situation, part of me wants to say, well, why didn't you finish it? What, why not? Oh, well, it wasn't very good. Well, why did you send it in? Well, you know, and it's like, obviously I don't say that because I'm British um, and I'm, a, I, you know, and it's not for me to be brutal unless somebody really wants me to be. But people kind of sometimes plan for failure because they sort of sabotage themselves because it's it's safer than sort of trying your hardest and then failing. I, I, I get it all. But equally, it's like if you want to be a writer, if you want to act like a writer and therefore you know when the deadline is you have to have your script ready and brilliant by then so work backwards from there like you would if you were a professional uh, so you have to start acting like a writer because also it's not just a question of writing a script and that script will basically transform your life and suddenly you're a writer it's that's just the beginning of the process of demonstrating that you're the kind of person who can write 10 of these um over the course of a year or two years or whatever and come up with a whole different idea for something else too so i think time management i want to see within the subset of having professional standard goals uh and think and leaving yourself enough time to do things and to do things that require an hour or two hours you won't get them done in 20 minutes and stop pretending that you will and i do that too I, I'm, I'm guilty of this where i 
I sort of think, oh, that will only take two days. And I know that it will take me three days or four days. Yeah, or yeah. Um, Especially if there's a World Cup cricket match going on or something like yes, that. Yes, or a Women's World Cup exactly. game, yes. Um, um, so... So, th- so there's there's that, and so I think what Dave's been showing with that, with the uh, Newsjack thing, and there are episodes. If you go back into our archive, there are episodes about Newsjack specifically with some really good advice, where we talk to the producers and the presenter and all that kind of stuff, or the, the then presenter. Um, but have the same approach to writing a script so that that's ready for the BBC Writers Room or the Rockcliffe thing, and we could do a whole. Ep- I think we've done episodes about the value of entering competitions, but you know they're a good discipline to get you to into writing scripts and the BBC writers room scheme is worth doing if you can get onto it. Yeah. Um, and that is something to aim for. Yeah. And then you've got a script that you can also send to agents and producers who might agree to read them and to, to anyone else. Um, so you, you do need to focus the mind and actually have a, have a script. I've got, I've got one other thought on that, but you might have something well, else. Well, all I was going to mention was that, in fact, in September, we are going to be uh, running a, a, a competition with um, British Comedy Guide, where we are, um, the, the, if you join their uh, BCG uh, Pro, um, you can then enter an, a script. And we, we're... Uh, we're going to offer a prize. We, we will give you a full sort of critique for that script. So this will be hopefully something that you would be maybe considering for entering for the BBC Writers' Room yep. in April. But um, we're going to we we will do some uh, critiquing for you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, it's not a big deal, big glittering no. prize, but it is kind of hopefully something to give you a bit of a kick. Mm. Um, so you know, um, but yeah, the other thing I was going to say was so there's this, there's the script thing. And so if you want to be a sitcom writer or a script writer, you need to write a script. But the thing is, and I think this is something the Script Notes uh, podcast is very helpful for, is reminding you that a script is only a document. And we don't want to fetishize documents and get people to be really good at producing documents because th- that isn't a show. Uh, a script is a script, not a show. And therefore it's worth thinking, I would say, with our do-it-yourself um, kind of attitude, and you go back and listen to the episode called, I think, Do-It-Yourself or something, where have a script on the go, but also then have a think about what you could write that becomes sort of a regular thing that shows what you can do in a different format that can be enjoyed by an audience straight away. Now, that could be making an audio podcast sitcom of your own. That could be writing a blog uh, every week you write a funny blog. It could be uh, a YouTube channel. It could be, you know, all of these things which can actually be done for free pretty much um, and become a regular discipline because that's the other thing that people sort of like, oh, I'm a, I, I want to be a writer. What should I do? Well, one thing is write, yeah. which sounds silly and trite, but actually mm. I worry that sometimes people want to be writers um, and as, as if it's an em- as if it's an enviable yeah, lifestyle, yeah. which it, it, it isn't. Mm. Um, unless you, you want to love... be, you want to be that person in Starbucks with your Mac. Yeah, writing, creating. You want to be J.K. Rowling, don't yeah. you? And in the cafe in Edinburgh, writing Harry yeah. Potter. Um, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you want yeah. to be a writer, um, 
and basically, if you want to be a writer because you want to be known as a writer and the sort of person who's a writer, that's not going to work out. And also, if you want to be a writer in order to make as much money as J.K. Rowling or to make money generally, mm. almost anything you do is statistically more likely to make you more money than being a writer. <laughs> you know, the average writer's earnings are... You know, look at the stats from the Writers P, Guild. I think, well, it's just uh, eight uh, quid is the Bill Bailey line, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but you, the, the numbers are not good for yeah. earnings through writing. So mm. only try and be a writer if you actually like writing, yeah. or like having written is the other kind of thing, which is the other yeah. um, sort of thing too. So, but yes, no, the average earnings for even professional writers is in the thousands and not tens of thousands isn't it um yeah yeah. you know plenty of people are on the booker long list and writing is not their full-time job Mm. Mm. um let alone this you know let alone people who have books out generally um so i would say have a script that you're trying to get together to to show that you can write a script and that this is a show that you think should exist and that there's you know answering Mm. the question why this why now why you but then also try to work out how can I have an outlet for my writing that people can just click and enjoy. If you go back to the last episode, you know, we suggested if you're t- trying to break into the industry and you, you know, you aren't a, a young, white, rich man, uh, w- whatever, you know, you can do things and you can make things so that people can find them and, and find your voice. Mm. Um, and so try to do whatever you think you could do. Uh, to make that happen mm. everything is changing and it's never been harder to get into the uh, the, the standard commissioning uh, rounds but it's also never been easier to get in on uh, the basis of what you personally can do yeah and so you know you even as a professional writer I write things thinking I don't quite know what's going to come of this so my show my live show a turbulent priest um, that's not going to make me any money um hardly at all you know i because i i produce it i know what the figures are and the figures are please don't do this again um or please please stop doing this because it doesn't make enough money just fine i really enjoy doing it but also Mm. i'm open to the idea that somebody might then watch it and go oh could you write a movie based on the life of this historical figure to which the answer will be yes i can um especially if you pay me money um so i'm kind of open to the idea that things will come as a result of it so i think that's why mm. i'm you know i would advocate just finding an outlet for your writing that isn't just a script that only producers and agents can read but is a thing in its own right that your friends can read as well um as well as industry types who might sort of hear your voice and enjoy what you're doing mm. i've been writing a thousand words a morning since the start of this year. And I've well, there you go. You set yourself yeah. a target. This is time management, yeah, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. And it, you've stuck to it? I have, yes. And it's completely ruined all the other things. Everything else has been shambolic, doing my accounts and everything. But I have stuck to my 1,000... Well, it was 500 words a day, and I went up to 1,000, which which I really impressed myself that mm. I could do that. And uh, it'll be... First draft will be finished, hopefully, end of this month. And what was... Um, uh, how how many hours is that like you've got to do it by a certain time of the day or yeah, generally i try and get it done i'm able to start usually by about eight thirty, and I'm, i try and get it done by 10 okay great and then that gives me the rest of the day to sit around and, and earn money Facebook. yeah yeah actually do things that will earn me money yeah 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 um but there you go that's a great example of here is a tangible thing there's also 
write a novel in a month thing, isn't there? There is in November, I think. Yeah, not right. Right. Yes, that that's a, a, a thing which. I'm sure you know has worked for a lot of people. Yeah. De- deadlines do work, I think, and that's why you know that that's that's why you should be, even though you're not a professional writer yet. You know, you that's where your mindset puts you into professional writer because that that is really if whatever else uh, is being a writer is about, it's about delivering uh, yeah. script on time. Yeah, and if you, whether you feel like it yeah, or not. As Arnold Brown's famous joke was, the secret of comedy is timing. Is if, if I'm booked to do a gig on Tuesday and I turn up on the Wednesday, yeah. then that's not going to happen. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, that's very good advice. Yeah, but yeah, you do. And again, you do need to go. Well, I don't feel like writing. Was that? Well, that's too bad because the script is due yeah. on Tuesday, so you do need to have it in by then. Mm. Um, so, sort of forcing yourself to have a bit of discipline. I think that thousand words a day thing, I think, is is really good. Cool. Well, those hopefully we've not really given you time schedules or management or something, but it is about working out what sort of person you are, what sort of writer you are, what you can do in a day. In the time that you have. In the time that you have so that you can nudge, you know, work out when you're good to write in the daytime. Are you an early morning person? Are you a late night person? And work out how to nudge your career along incrementally um, and having a big script that you're working on that shows what you can do. And then having a project which is, you know, it could be stand up, it could be a YouTube channel, it could be a podcast, a two minute sketch, could be a, yeah, it could be anything. It could even be you're working very hard just to make a two minute sketch for YouTube, and that that in itself is three months work, mm. and that's fine too. Um, but you just want to keep keep yeah. it moving, really. You could win the Writers Guild Online Sketch Award. Yeah, the, the, both of the winners so far has happened twice have been less than two minutes long. Yeah, there we go. So um, hopefully that is helpful. Um, And as we say, we have a script competition of our own uh, coming down the pike. Um, So look out for that in September. Cool. Okay. I think we're done, aren't we? We are, yes. You can email us, as we mentioned before, sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. And then you can find us on Twitter, sitcomgeeks. And also you can join us on Patreon and join our secret facebook uh, group um which we can so you know where well, we, we can't tell you anything about because it's secret exactly so that that's it and loads of other benefits to being patreon members and so hopefully you could go and have a look at that but i think we're done thanks very much for listening so. yeah thanks a lot and speak to you next time speak to you soon bye